time for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. starts now. Welcome to the ninth edition of the Search Pulse. Today is Tuesday, November 21st. My name is Barry Schwartz. I run the Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, I also run a company called Rusty Brick. With me, as always, is Ben Pfeiffer, the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. He goes under the alias Phoenix, and he runs a company at RankSmart.com. Chris Boggs, the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, we missed last week's show uh, because of PubCon, and I thought that um, we would discuss a little bit about what we did at PubCon. As you know, typically the Surgeon Roundtable, um, the Surgeon Roundtable goes ahead and writes uh, pretty much all the all the sessions that we get to. So at this PubCon last week, uh, which was in Vegas, we covered about let me count here. I would say about I don't know twenty plus shows or so. And Chris and Donna. Uh, at SEO Scoop has have helped me with the coverage big time. On the first day, November fourteenth, Tuesday, we covered nine sessions, including you know the kickoff uh, with Guy Kowalski, feeds blogs, news, and social search with Feedburner, Dig, and Topics. We also covered a topic on SEO and Big Search. I think Chris covered that one. We covered feeds and alternative search opportunities, link development, link strategies, affiliate strategies, and so on. We covered a lot of stuff. Um, Lots of keynotes, lots of super sessions, even Danny Sullivan's keynote where he uh, talked about search engine land. Um, in addition to that, we had a, you know, we had a, went to a cool party, um, and I think Chris probably will talk more about that. But I wanted to ask Chris um, your thoughts overall on the coverage of the conference and the, sh- the actual level of, you know, of complexity and, you know, how informative all the sessions were. Well, uh, first of all, I'm glad to hear that I'm your official party correspondent, uh, Barry. I'm going to have to add that title to my page. And uh, secondly, I think that this conference was awesome. I've always wanted to go to a Webmaster World Conference. You know, I've heard a lot of things about how, you know, some people say it's more technical and this and that, but I was really impressed with the uh, quality of the people that were there. Um, You know, it just Overall, I was very impressed. Not, I'm not trying to diss SES or anything, but I, th- I, I think that Webmaster World's conference is, is every bit as good. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, ben couldn't make it out there. I don't think, Ben, have you ever been to a Webmaster World conference? No, I haven't. Um, I've wanted to go, um, but sometimes the dates just don't work out. But it seems like y'all have a, quite a lot of fun after seeing the pictures. Yeah, it was definitely cool. The pictures that uh, Ben's talking about are from the uh, Yahoo renting out the Sky, uh, Hugh Hefner Sky Villa. It was very, very cool. Chris and I and one of Chris's uh, guys at Avenue A um, went ahead and uh, we, he, uh, we went for dinner. Thank you, Chris, for that. And then we went from there, which is really, really basically across the street to, to the Palms Hotel. And it was like an exclusive party. Only about 100 or so people were invited, and we were lucky enough to get into the party. Um, Yahoo I heard it cost about forty thousand dollars to rent out that that place in a night, and I know Chris, you had a, probably a blast there. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, it was it was very cool. I mean, uh, anytime you get to party party in a Hugh Hefner suite, uh, you know nothing more needs to be said. Uh, the view was amazing. Uh, 
I told my wife that that's where uh, I want to stay the next time I go to Vegas, and that didn't get that great of a response. But um, it, it was very cool. Uh, they really went uh, out, and uh, like you mentioned, there was a lot of people that were kind of really bummed out about not being there. Uh, you know, I heard probably five or ten times that day, you know, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on Yahoo paid search, and we're not getting invited. And the fact is, is that it was the Yahoo Publisher Network. I, I wouldn't have been there if it weren't for you, Barry, so I thank you personally for uh, getting us the invite. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Asif Hassan, one of our engineers, was there as well, and had a great time chatting with the folks. Uh, got to see uh, Guru, and it's always nice seeing him and Brandy. Uh, that's actually the only time that I ran into them the whole time. Uh, they got there a little bit late. And uh, got, had a good chat with Kevin Lee uh, about the, uh, <laughs> the Did It uh, President's remarks a few weeks ago, so that was cool. Uh, and, um, you know, I caught you and Rand giving each other a massage in a massage room. That was hey, also hey, pretty funny. Hey, no. We were not giving each other massages. <laughs> no, but it, 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 we, I do have some posts on pictures about Rand giving some other people massages. If you want to take a look at that, I put a uh, link out in the chat room to it. Um, also, a shout-out to Shoe Money, who's in the chat room, who was also at Shoe. the uh, party. Um, and uh, I don't know if Oil Man was there. Maybe he showed up later. And Danny showed up later. Rand went for a swim, I heard. Uh, yes, Darren from you know Webmaster Radio was there, and I did not see Brandy. Maybe he got she got there later, um, but it was very cool. A lot of people were there. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was really cool seeing that rotating bed and the shower that had like fifty nozzles on it. Um, it was pretty cool. Overall, it was pretty cool. My mother, my mom is still upset that I posted that um, thing at my cartoon Barry blog. She thought I shouldn't be posting things like that. I'm too still too young for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One thing, um, uh, Shandy just busted us in, in the chat room. It's true that what happens in Vegas uh, should have stayed in Vegas, so I probably shouldn't have mentioned that part about you and Rand in the massage room, so everyone can disregard that comment. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you cannot discuss things like that. I, all I posted, of the pictures are all approved and all legit, and it was unique because I typically, I'm not the type of guy that goes to parties because I'm just dead tired after, you know, I wake up at, like, you know, six-ish, and I start blogging before the day. Then I obviously, you know, how it is blogging during the sessions. It's tiring. Then I go back to the room, do some wrap-up blogging. And then, you know, usually I typically like to go to sleep, but, you know, I, I this time I went out with you guys to dinner, and then we went over to the to the uh, Palms Hotel, which is cool. So it was overall a great experience, and cool. I can't wait till next year. But before next year, up, upcoming is uh, Sturgeon Strategy Chicago, where we will hopefully be having dual coverage of that event. Um, Chris, again, is going to be chipping in. Ben can't make it this time. I think he has a, a wedding or something coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're not getting married, right? No, I'm not getting married. No. And, I, I, you know, honestly, I won't miss the cold of Chicago either. I've been from Texas, you know, going up there, and it's like below zero. It's kind of a, a start, startled, startling. Yes. Yeah, it's very cold. I almost, I almost got stuck there. I have a whole story, like, last year, you know, the, the actual plane ran off the runway at Midway. I was actually about to take off at that time, and I saw the plane going off the runway, which is a whole other story. But yeah, uh, hopefully, no, hopefully, hopefully, if forward. you do go to SES, like Chicago, one of my suggestions is to leave early because it seems like every time I leave early, I avoid all the snow flurries and <laughs> getting caught in the airport for nine hours type of stuff. 
Yeah, I actually opted for uh, O'Hare this time because they have flights like every you know half hour going to New York. So instead of Midway, which is like only two or three flights going out. But um, yeah, also you recommend some pizza, right? Yes, Chris and I uh, hit a pizza last year, Pizzeria Uno. That was really excellent. Good, good. Yeah, I've never met a pizza where I can't finish more than two slices, and and <laughs> there <it> was. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so yeah, so basically, again, we covered Webmaster World PubCon. It was really, really good. Brett did an unbelievable job. Supposedly, he had almost twice as much attendance as he did the year before. Um, the exhibitors were all very, very happy with everything, which is very important. And and I again want to thank Chris. It was a lot of work on your part, and Donna from SEO Scoop, um, Dazzle and Donna, and she gave a lot. Uh, the dual coverage next next. In the next three weeks from SES Chicago, will be provided by Chris, myself, Kim Krause from Creative Sites, and I believe Evil Monkey, um, Surgeon Watch Forums, also an editor at the Surgeon's Roundtable. So look forward to that in the next few weeks. Um, next thing I want to discuss, and probably after that we'll go into a quick commercial break and then get on to the rest of to- the real topics, was that I'm running a Surgeon Roundtable slash Rusty Brick contest where you could actually win a Rusty Brick messenger bag. It's a really great bag. I'm I switched to it just recently. Um, we're filled with Surgeon Roundtable yo-yos that light up and stuff. The yo-yos are classic. Everybody um, that we've seen in the past who asked them have gotten them. I ordered 300 more because I ran out at the PubCon, and they're really fun. You could actually hit people with them or strangle them, or you know, if you see some you know Google guy walking down the street, you know, walking down the aisle in the hall of uh, one of the conferences, just seriously threaten them about your rankings and swing it around and. They'll give you top rankings in a matter of minutes. Um, so you get the full throwing contest right now. You can win a bag with with the yo-yos in it um, by going to Cartoon Barry. You'll see a link at there. Also, there's a post on it at Surgeon Roundtable, which I'll put in the chat room. Um, Chris, I gave you some yo-yos at the PubCon. What do you think of them? I love them. Uh, I distributed them at the PubCon as well as uh, at the office back here in Philly, and uh, people are very impressed. Uh, unfortunately, I can't give one to my little baby boy yet, but he'll get one once he uh, reaches right, right of passage, whatever age it is you're supposed to be able to have a yo-yo at. Yeah. And Ben, you helped me with the whole idea with the yo-yo back in the day. That was, I don't know how long ago, maybe two years ago? Yeah, I think we, it was at like Chicago SES, like, what, like a year or two, two years ago? Must have been like two years Somewhere. ago. Yeah, it was like two years ago, I guess, and I, I still have a bag of them here in my house, and I give them out to my cousins every now and then, and they love them. But yeah, no, it ended up working to be a pretty cool idea. They're they're pretty nifty. Yeah, and I'll make sure to send you guys both uh, rusty book bags because you know you guys you know are great. And uh, awesome. if you want to win a bag, just go ahead and try to submit the contest. Is basically coming up with a contest idea, so you have a chance to win by either coming up with a contest idea or by winning whatever that contest idea is. So it should be fun. Um, I think we're going to go into a quick commercial break and then get into the actual topics of the, of the past week or two. So let's hit a commercial break. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. 
Attention webmasters, wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp, just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results and at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has your little results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S dot com. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Viva la revolution! Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Now, back to The Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. Again, this is Barry Schwartz. With me today again is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Boggs. I'm posting in the chat room a link to the past coverage uh, from The Search Pulse 8th um, edition, which we did a while back, and there it is. If you want to check it out, if you missed it, you can go ahead and check it out. But I wanted to get into the most um, talked about, probably the most talked about topic in the past week or two, was about this new Google AdWords quality score update, where Google changed the ranking factors of the AdWords ads based on landing page quality and some other things which affected both the AdWords side as well as the AdSense side. There's tons and tons of threads out there talking about what is this quality score, a lot of frustration about it, um, ideas on how to improve your landing page quality score factor so you can increase your AdWords rank, as well as, um, you, know, you know, people who are just fed up with AdWords and they're like, oh, forget, I'm going to Yahoo, which is kind of ridiculous, actually, and some other specific talk. I wanted to get, um, you know, I'll start with Chris, uh, get some ideas from, I know Avenue A has a lot of clients, and hopefully you have some experience that you could share with us, hopefully. Sure. Well, um, I don't do much paid search anymore. I did a lot in my prior position, but I'm really focused on SEO. But I do have some comments uh, from uh, the newsletter that we put out internally, uh, or actually, if anyone wants to get on it, they're welcome to, just IM me or whatever. Uh, but uh, this is Brian Crick, uh, our uh, Associate Media Director, what he says is that what do these changes mean for Google advertisers? First and foremost, it means that automated rules-based bid management continues to become less effective as a silver bullet for optimizing paid search campaigns. I certainly agree with that based on my prior experience. Uh, maximum bid is just one of the many factors in ranking, blah, blah. 
Advertisers who rely solely on bid management and a streamlined, no-nonsense, no-distractions, conversions-only landing page will struggle to maintain cost efficiency and ranking. And advertising taking full advantage of all the other performance drivers, such as keyword list growth, systematic campaign organization, copy testing and development, and user-centered landing page analysis will weather the storm just fine. Uh, I think Brian really put it all in a nutshell there, and there's not much more than I can add. So I'm curious to see what you think, Ben. Yeah, Chris, actually, I, those comments uh, kind of hit on what I was, was um, going to say. Um, Sorry. I think with some of these the landing pages, I think that sometimes that you have to like reevaluate what's on the page itself. I know there was in the forums, I was looking over some of the stuff, and people are saying, oh, my landing pages are so great, and da-da-da-da-da, and then they go back and they have somebody look at them, and basically they're like, these landing pages tell me nothing. So, um, you know, if if you're using an approach like Chris mentioned, then maybe you need to reevaluate that a little bit. But, you know, people are kind of frustrated with this because there's just a lot of change going on. And obviously when there's a lot of change with Google, people are going to be upset. Um, but I think people are most upset that, um, you know, AdWords is kind of dictating how these pages should be structured and what should be on them. And um, advertisers are really upset about that. Um, you know, you can't no longer just do a high bid and rank really well for that. It's going to leave you in the dust. Um, but, you know, quality score is determined by, you know, it's CTR and the ad text relevance and keyword relevance and landing page relevance. So there's a lot of factors now. Um, it, it, in a way, I, in my opinion, I think the quality score kind of keeps it a little bit more fair game for people out there, and it's just not dominated by, you know, a certain few. But, um you know, if you continue to keep working on it, I think that you can, you know, raise your score and keep those ads up for the long term. Cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Speaking of changes at Google, um, Google did some type of limited uh, um, update where people people saw in their niches that they lost like 80% of their traffic or 90% of their traffic, or they gained like you know 350% in traffic. You know, increased traffic from Google. Some of this was just like outrageous some of it was normal for an update so i mean i personally did not see any changes not that i look very carefully i was wondering if ben you've seen anything over the past few days um i've seen some changes in in some of the the sites and clients i've looked at but you know i looked over some of these threads and it seemed like kind of a lot of people just you know complaining for no reason whatsoever you know there's obviously going to be a lot of you know continuous ongoing reshuffles and changes going on and and also too like, this is the holiday season thanksgiving's you know around the corner and, and christmas is coming about and so things happen right about now where stuff is going to change and so it should be expected i think but no think i haven't are, seen a whole lot go ahead do you think do you think things are changing because people are more aggressive in terms of trying to rank their pages or because google's making changes because it's the holiday season um, I think it's maybe a combination of both. I, I, I don't think it maybe it's not on Google's end. They're they're always changing their stuff, but um, I think you know there's kind of a median or whatever. People are trying to you know manipulate the rankings and, and keep the rankings up, but at the same time Google's getting a little bit ahead of them, so they are seeing negative changes happen because of that, and things are going down, and there's a lot more competition you know this year than there was last year. So, you know, if you've lost revenue just because you're losing rankings, then you need to vary your approach a little bit, I think, um, and especially your approach on SEO, too. You know, if, if it's not working, then change it. Cool. And, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? 
Well, um, I'd like to just say, you know, good point, Ben, <laughs> as usual, and I don't have really much to add to that. I mean, it's, it's pretty basic. If, if you're doing SEO uh, the right way, uh, you know, quote-unquote, and I don't want to get into any white hat, black hat, because I'm certainly, you know, delving into a little gray here and there, but as long as you're just working on your content and you're linking and you're not participating in any kind of uh, ways to uh, try to manipulate the system, the mat cuts and, and those types are, are not going to use their cool little tools like the one that he was using in that super session at uh, Webmaster World to find out that you're uh, trying to manipulate the system. So, um, you know, it's too early for me to give any re- results or, or any real feedback on any of our clients, but uh, we haven't seen anything drastic, that, that's for sure. Cool. Yeah, and that was pretty cool when Matt was, uh, you know, saying, you know, you know, who owns these 50 sites, you know, this hyphen, that hyphen, that hyphen, all linking to the same place. That was pretty funny. But uh, um, he does that often. He actually is invited to uh, do a lot of those open forums, and he's done it at SES, done it at Webmaster World. It's just fun to watch and scary knowing that, knowing that he people are actually handing over their business cards to, to you know, to be up for that. I guess you know. They don't know into the average webmaster, which shows a point, and it's just interesting in general. But Matt's always kind of kept a black book of those sites, too, you know, for a long time. And I, people should know that he tracks that stuff. I don't see how, like, maybe it gets by him or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not looking, I don't think Matt's looking to find specific sites and say, hey, don't stop spamming us. I think he's just um, looking to prove a point and show things that, in general, you should you know, be more white hat versus black hat because black hats don't pay. That's his goal, I guess, out there as being a, you know, a spam killer. And if you saw his his blog, he changed his logo from the Mac cuts with the finger button thing to a piece of spam with a knife through it, which is kind of funny. Um, it's always fun to watch those things. And overall, I mean, you know, you know, Google Google's making a lot of changes, and you know, obviously, people are upset that their rankings aren't as high in both the organic side as and also in the advertising side the paid side, but if you take a look at their stock today, they went to, you know, they hit like 510 today, and that's, you know, obviously, you know, it's having no impact on their, on their, on their stock price at all. It's just amazing. I would never have imagined it being so high. I don't know, Chris or Ben, what your thoughts on that are. I mean, Ben, what do you think? On the stock price or on the changes? Yeah, both. It's all the same. <laughs> both. Um, well, I, in, in regards to the changes for Google, I wanted to add one p- more point. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me about paid links lately, and um, I know Matt, especially Matt Cuts, is is you know very pessimistic about paid links and don't do them and, and such and such like that. But I, I've seen a lot of webmasters, and especially even ones with you know big sites, continue to do these paid links on on sites. And, and I, I've used paid links for a long time, but there are a lot of paid links out there that search engines know about, and they mention them in conferences continually, like newspaper sites and such. And so people that come to me ask me about it, I say discontinue those campaigns and start something new. Um, as for the stock price, um, you know, it, it hasn't reached the ceiling yet, and I know some of those investing analysts have said that, you know, it could get to 600 eventually. You know, when, I don't know, but it's continued to go up, and there's lots of speculation that it might even go further than that. And um, there's just a whole lot of interest in Google, and they continue to, you know, pump out new products, even though they're sometimes not really that innovative. Um, people just take notice, and, um, you know, they have a lot of people championing for them. But at the same time, you have to realize that, I guess, the Google stock is, is highly invested in a lot of mutual funds and hedge funds and all sorts of things like that. And so, um, you know, a lot of people are connected to this stock, and they want to see it do well. So um, if that's the case, then 
maybe will continue to go up. Chris, I know you own about like twenty thousand shares. Um, so what are you thinking right now? You're just like happy and it's I like... wish. <laughs> I was one of the people that really thought that that uh, would come out price, that offering price was too high, and that it was going to drop. And I had to eat my words almost immediately on that. Uh, I, I think it you. makes sense that the uh, that the Google stock is climbing. I mean, you know, we're getting into the holiday season. People are understanding that people are shopping online, and Google is a big part of that. You know, once again, you got to remember. People sometimes confuse Google with being a technology company, and they're not. They're a marketing company, and they're they're way up there when it comes to Internet marketing. So uh, as far as it being a valuable stock, I, like I said, I wish I, I did own some. And, uh, you know, we got Cyber Friday coming up. we got uh, the rest of the shopping season coming up, and, and I think we're going to see easily uh, – uh, huge increases in percentages in in, uh, in sales over this holiday period over even the last, which was a huge increase over the year before. And I don't really see that slowing down. I think more and more people over the years are going to keep buying online, and Google's in a great position uh, through both its uh, search network and the contextual network to uh, help to offer avenues to uh, people to do their shopping. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I see uh, Shu laughing at you about your statement about not buying into Google. Um, but didn't you play poker with him at Vegas and take some of his money, or that was just Sean? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, okay, I'll keep that. I'll keep that <laughs> quiet. <laughs> anyway, all right. Next thing is, um, I think Ben has one more point to add, and then we'll go on to the next thing. Oh no, it's okay. We we'll go on. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So next thing is basically a new. So while we're at Vegas, uh, Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo announced that they will be backing a new sitemaps protocol at sitemaps.org. So basically, one sitemap XML feed for all three big search engines. You only got to make one feed, and hopefully all search engines will, will comply with it and allow it. This saves your programming costs. and makes it much easier to create feeds. In addition, um, Google and Yahoo both have ways currently. Google has their, um, their sitemaps um, product, and Yahoo has their site explorer product. Microsoft, I guess, has to build something pretty quickly to accept this XML sitemap feed. I think it's a great, great tool. And I think, in general, just Site Explorer and sitemaps, they're just, in general, with, even, without even using the sitemaps feature, is very, very good. And I think it's a great way to get a lot of the pages that Google can find in the index. It does not mean that you will be ranking well. It just means that Google will know about your pages, and they will provide feedback saying, hey, this page didn't do well. Um, is not you know it's not indexed because of X Y Z or you have a, you've been penalized and it'll tell you mostly sometimes it'll tell you why you can actually reinclude your site and there's a lot of good features in there and I recommend you guys giving it a try. Um, Chris, you ever give it a try? You ever look at it or you, you never really got into that? Um, I I love it and uh, I think that this is awesome. This is, goes back to something that I've harped on in in the past about how it's so important for there to be. Uh, a uh, clean line of communication between search engine marketers and the search engines. And the more often that they come up with these kind of ideas and products, the easier it's going to make for us to help ensure that search engines provide relevant listings to their searchers. Um, you know, so I, th- I think this is great. Um, I know that all our engineers are excited by it. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's, got, it's got some limit. And I know we're going to discuss next. I mean, this doesn't guarantee indexing, but... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very big factor, and especially with really super large sites or sites that have uh, 
dynamic issues and, and, and so forth. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, continue. I mean, it's worked really well with Google Sitemaps for us here, as well as with my last company uh, in terms of getting content indexed, the right content indexed for the right keywords. Uh, so, um, you know, this is great. I think it's awesome news. Cool. Um, just take a quick, um, quick uh, little thing. Um, Yahoo has been listening, I guess, because they just sent me an email saying that they have a party in, in SES Chicago open to everybody now. All SES attendees, just bring your badge. It's on Monday, December 4th, between 7 and 10 p.m., and there will be transportation from the Hilton Chicago. So I guess they've been listening, and they know that people are upset that they weren't invited to the Vegas party, and that's just great news. Anyway, back to this whole uh, sitemaps thing. Ben, do you see anything, you know, any, anything else on that? Yeah, um, just in general, it's really wonderful that this is getting developed. Um, I can't wait till MSN gets you know finished with their work on it. Um, I think I heard somebody talking about broken links and how the sitemaps protocol is kind of a solution to help fight some of that. So I think that will be beneficial. I haven't had a whole time, a lot of time to look over it yet, but um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Great. Yeah. So on that topic. Um, there was a topic that I wrote about last week that submitting your site to Google Sitemaps does not even guarantee that you'll be indexed. Um, there was a Webmaster World thread um, where he said he submitted his sitemaps, and three weeks later, Google still has not fully indexed his site. Basically, um, what is important for getting fully indexed in Google is not just submitting a sitemap and making sure Google can crawl all those pages. Obviously, that is... Uh, necessity and it's a prerequisite to everything else. Once Google crawls those pages, you have to make sure that those pages are worthwhile in Google's eyes to actually be indexed, meaning included in an index, because if they have a page rank of zero or just don't have lots of links or don't seem to be quality, you know, have a high quality in terms of whatever quality they consider um, the factors of quality to be, um, it still won't index it because it's just a waste of space, and obviously search engines don't want to just waste space with, you know, not important pages. So you got to somehow make your pages very important in the eyes of search engines. Obviously, one is to make sure they can index them, submit them via sitemaps, or, or just have a great navigation elements and a great architecture. But after that, you still need links. You still need great qu uh, quality content for Google to actually go ahead and start crawling those pages, index them, and start ranking them well. Uh, it's just an overall basic thing that I don't know how much comments like Ben might you, Ben, you have anything to add to that, or just straight out, you know, simple. I mean, yeah, no, Barry, actually, I think what you said was um, pretty good in, in regards to that. Yeah, sure, you can submit to, you know, but, you know, it's not necessarily going to guarantee anything. You need to get links and stuff to back that up. Right. And Chris, anything else, Ed? Uh, just, I think this is kind of a similar, you can draw a parallel to the Yahoo Search Submit product. I mean, just because you are using that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get on the first page, even though... It, with that product, you have the opportunity to really juice up your content in terms of the search engine's eyes. And, and so it takes more than just uh, the search engine knowing about it to, uh, to index it and especially to rank it highly. So uh, cool. just part of the puzzle. Yes, puzzles. And that's what they're about. With talking about puzzles, Microsoft doesn't really leave things out there that are like, you know, I don't get much confusion out of Microsoft. When Microsoft comes out there and says things either on their blog or in the forums, it's pretty much as clear-cut, in my opinion. I mean, I've never seen somebody go out there and talk the way they talk at Microsoft. They're very, it's not like when Google says something or Yahoo says something, there's always, there's always something that's, you know, okay, what do they mean? How do I look into it deeper? 
But when it comes to Microsoft, they say things. They actually tell you what they mean. And what I'm talking about here is that Microsoft, I've actually sent some people emails saying, hey, you know, you know, somebody sent, them, somebody sent Microsoft an email saying, why am I not in your index? And Microsoft responds back basically saying, and I'll quote you, your site is acquiring links through posting to or exchanging links with sites unrelated to your content. Techniques with attempt to acquire unrelated spam links, they're calling these you know, exchange links called spam links, in order to increase ranking or consider spam, and your site will be, has been excluded from our index as a result. Please contact us once you remove these links, and we will we'll reevaluate. So they're basically calling um, link exchanges in a broad range to be spam, and they will actually delist you from the engine because of it. I've never seen Google or Yahoo say straight out something like this. And this is in an email sent to somebody. I've seen things from MSN Dude in the past. It's just amazing to me, really, how much Microsoft goes out there and says things black and white. It's really not always black and white. And Google, you can learn from Google and Yahoo how they, I mean, this is causing a lot of, frustration amongst the webmasters and SEOs out there. How could Microsoft do this? Whereas, you know, you know, Google and Yahoo, they're smart about it, and they're like, they don't, they don't give an exact reason. They'll be like, well, things don't look right. You know, maybe you should do things that you think you might be doing wrong and get re- return, you know, reverse them. They never come out and straight say certain things always. And, um, Ben, I mean, you had a chance to look at that? Give me your thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, I did a little bit. Um, I, I like the terminology change. It's no longer, you know, link exchanges. It's spam links that you're doing. And, you know, it would be interesting to see what the site that, you know, got banned was actually doing um, and how they got caught. Because, you know, Emerson's kind of been kind of the retarded cousin, and they've kind of taken a while to catch on to some of this stuff. And um, it seems that they are really kicking into gear, though, because I know some of the – Spam results that I've been watching in MSN have kind of disappeared in the last like couple weeks. Um, you know, replaced with a lot more you know authority sites, edu's and gov sites and Wikipedia links and such like that. And so, in some aspects, the results are kind of less than wonderful because now you got to contend with all the you know junky authority sites. Um, <laughs> but you know, y'all you know, you know what I mean. You know, it's like yeah. you have these these sites that you know are claimed to be authority, but you get to them and there's really not much there. Um, but you know, I, I think it's a real positive that they're they're being so upfront and forward about it, and like just saying it straight out. Hey, your site sucks, or you're acquiring links, and you know this is this is this is bad. So watch out. Ben, uh, I'm sorry, Chris. Have you have any of your clients got these emails? Uh, not that I know of. I, I kind of <laughs> doubt it, though. Uh, to me, uh, this is one of those situations where naturally uh, some of the marketers are mad because now we're going to have to explain to people that, or I mean, I don't know what other people think, but in my opinion, a certain amount of reciprocal links are going to be natural. I mean, you're going to find people that want to link to your site and that you're going to want to link to their site. Those are still fine to use, in my opinion, and I really doubt that those will get you banned at MSN. What they're talking about is these free-for-all uh, and uh, link exchange uh, groups and that are forming uh, within various communities online and uh, that actually hawk them when you search uh, for, uh, you know, buy links or, or things of that nature. Uh, th- that's what's going to get you in trouble. And if you're trying to take the easy way out, I mean, that's, you know, th- th- with that comes the risk of, uh, of being banned. It's that simple. I, I don't think that uh, reciprocal links are bad, and I've never thought they are. I mean, I think that maybe if you have, like, more than 10, 15, 20% of your reciprocal links, then you should be looking into trying to find some more way, one-way links. But, uh, you know, w- this is obviously a situation where 
especially, I mean, I don't mean to knock on MSN or anything, but it's probably going to have to be pretty flagrant for them to catch it, and, and it's going to be something like that in, in a sort of a network or a system. That's my opinion. Well, thank you. Your opinion is very important to me and to the listeners. Anyway, but we should really um, hit a commercial break, and we'll get into something that I would love you guys' opinions on, uh, the supplemental index, and we'll hit get to that after this commercial. So we'll speak to you soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Wow. I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really? I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know. This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work. And they make you look smart. If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart Advertising Solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. Now, back to The Pulse. Pulse. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host... Hi, and welcome back to the Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz from Rusty Brick, Searching the Roundtable. We have Chris Boggs, Avenue A Razorfish, and Ben Pfeiffer, Rank Smart. Um, I wanted to discuss a topic that has been really kind of, uh, I don't know how to say this nicely, but really kind of being, you know, really getting annoying in the past, you know, few weeks. It's really about the supplemental index. I know in the past Google has a supplemental index. People didn't really know what it was. The secondary index, it was, a, you know, then it came out where people, uh, you know, Google started talking more about it. They had more, you know, information. They added some help documentation on it. And the, the theory was back then, you know, maybe like, maybe like six months ago, that if you were in the supplemental index, that means your indexing, your pages were either duplicate or they were not uh, ranking well in general just because they were not deemed important enough. Now... Um, Google's been talking a lot more about the supplemental index with a lot more people involved. Uh, we have, you know, especially at the PubCon, we had Matt Cods, Vanessa Fox, Adam Lasnik, all talking about how the supplemental index is not necessarily a bad thing for you. 
But then we have people like Greg Bozer on stage with Matt Cutts saying, if you're in the supplemental index, it's a sign of death. It's, you know, your site is dead. You really have problems. And that's pretty much the way I feel. I feel if you're in the supplemental supplement index, you're not in the main index. You know, you're not doing that well. And basically, you know, it's a problem. I think Google really needs to clear things up. It, Adam Glasnick in a, in a Google Groups post wrote and explained a little bit more about what it is. He says, no, it's not a penalty. Um, you could expect the supplement index to be more fresh as things, you know, come up. You know, it's more fresh as a, a supplement index, but it's not as fresh as the main index. And he's saying, yes, there, you know, what's the cure for this? And he uses the word cure, and he says to get more backlinks is, is a cure for getting out of the supplement index. Meaning you need more page rank, you need more backlinks, you need more, you know, you need Google to think that it's more quality in order to get you out of the supplement index. So, I mean, why do they keep saying it's not, it's a bad thing in general? It's, you know, they're saying, no, this is not a bad thing. The supplement index is not bad for your site. But why use the word cure? Why say you need more quality backlinks if it's not a bad thing? And what we've seen is that, you know, obviously getting more backlinks is important, but still, this is a ton of confusion about what this is and, you know, how it affects your site. And, I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, you know, upset about this, but, I mean, Ben, I mean, what are your thoughts about this whole thing? Um, no, Big, I agree with you. It's kind of like, you know, a continuum of, you know, d changing definition for supplemental index. Um, in my kind of overall opinion, I, I've never really... It, 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 opinion of supplement, supplemental index kind of changes. Um, I don't see it as a positive, to be honest. Um, you know, how did they describe the supplemental? It's kind of like, you know, to fill in the gaps for a search or something like that. And you had a good um, definition for it on your page, Barry. But, um, you know, if you're stuck in the supplemental, you know, they say one of the ways to get out would submit a sitemap. Um, you know, but what could the supplemental be caused by, you know? Um, you mentioned penalty, freshness, something else. Right, you need more quality backlinks. It's just, I mean, something that I think I'm going to push hard on for Google to actually go ahead and explain more about. Uh, because telling people it's not a problem when it's clear to me that Google thinks it's a problem, it's maybe not a problem with their index. I mean, maybe they're handling it appropriately, but there is a problem, obviously, with the site, with the page that's in the supplemental index. And to say it's not a problem in my opinion, is not really the correct answer. And I think people need to know that it's a sign that their page is not as, you know, important in Google's eyes as it should be in their eyes. And they're obviously they're giving tips on how to fix that, but to say at the, at the conferences and to be public saying, you know, it's not a problem, I don't know. I mean, it just, I mean, we need more, I think we need more information about it. People have been trying to explain what the supplemental index is for years and years. Uh, since it's been launched, and I, I would love to see more communication on that part. Maybe even the sitemaps tool to have, say, you know, these are the pages in our main index, these are the pages in our supplemental index, stuff like that. I mean, Ben, do you have anything else, else to add to that? Yeah, one last thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of varied reasons you can get stuck with, like, supplemental results. And, I like, over the years we've seen, like, all sorts of reasons that people have gotten supplemental. It could be, like, you know, your pages disappear or you've got broken links or, for some reason, your entire site's in the supplemental index. And so, Barry, I think your, you know, frustration is completely warranted because there's just, like, so many things they've added on to making things supplemental that now it's, like, we don't even know what the hell they're for anymore and, and if they're good or if they're bad. You know, I've seen cases where, you know, some URLs will go supplemental, and that's perfectly fine because the page no longer exists. 
or anything. And so they get stuck in a supplemental index for maybe at some time you're doing a deep search and you need to get a supplemental results. But at the other time, you see complete sites that get suppl- you know, supplemental results. And this is where SEOs come in and say, hey, you know, it's, it's a death kill. You, you know, your site's dead, basically, in the eyes of Google. And, you know, you go ahead and you ask a search rep from Google, and, you know, one, they don't even want to talk about supplemental index because, you know, they've talked it to death. Two, they don't know anything. Or three, they just don't have really an answer for you or can't really tell you that much. So, you know, even implementing something into, like, the Webmaster Central or, um, you know, interface that they have about, you know, whether your pages are supplemental, you know, they do show you a lot of nice, cool stats these days, you know, maybe there's some way that they could integrate that, or at least include something to explain it a little bit more. Right. I agree. And we'll keep covering it and keep pushing for the SEO to and the webmaster to get this information because it is important. Um, Another topic about Google specifically is at a webmaster world, Fred, somebody asked, um, does registering a domain name for 10 years or an extended period of time help your rankings in Google or other search engines? Uh, a lot of people were angry about this. It was like a very hot, heatly, uh, hotly debated topic in the, in the Webmaster World forum. One is because a lot of people were saying, hey, why should Google be looking at our registration data for our domain names? Two is why should we have to register and spend money to register from 10 years? Why can we just register yearly and put them on auto-renew? Um, stuff like that. Uh, but the other argument is, you know, it shows the search engine that, you know, this site is here to stay. It's not just one of those sites that are, you know, throwaway domain names or something like that. They're here to stay, and we're registering for 10 years. We're going to spend, the, you know, the $100 or so now and do that, which is not so much money. I mean, you know, a lot of people are upset that, you know, they don't want to spend the $100, but it really, if it's a business that wants to be around out there for a long time, then, then that's important. The other thing is that Google has a patent application that actually describes looking at this data, um, I know Matt Cutts at the, at the PubCon was looking at this stuff and saying, uh, on the, uh, I think it was the site review panel, saying, hey, you know, this site that you told me to look at, it actually is a site from 1998 or 1996, and that is a really good thing. He said that. So having a site that's old is a good thing. But what about how he didn't say anything about saying, you know, oh, your, your site expires, you know, in six months from now. Your domain name expires in three six months from now. You should go ahead and extend that for another 10 years, and that would shoot your rankings up. So I don't know how much weight they put towards the, you know, how long you have when your, your domain name expires or if it's a yearly exp- expiration thing or not. Another thing is, you know, obviously it secures your domain name for an extended period of time. You don't have to worry about people buying it. Um, and also, you can also save some money if you, you register over an extended period of time. You might get to buy, like, you know, you might be able to get $5 per year for t- if you buy it to 10 years at a time or something like that. So the question is, I mean, you know, Chris, I mean, your thoughts on this whole domain name registration length thing. I mean, do you think it'll help your rankings, or you just don't know? Well, this is uh, one of the few times where I can actually say that I almost wholly agree with Michael Martinez. <laughs> he made a comment in, your, in, the, uh, in the post saying that it doesn't help in the least. It's just another bit of nonsense the SEO community has cooked up from overanalyzing patent applications. Um, one one caveat to that, though, is that this isn't the SEO community that they made this up, and there's something that you didn't mention, but the thread starts with my, and was edited out. He probably listed the actual registrar, and he says, it's prompting me to register for 10 years, claiming that it will help my search engine ranking. So what we have here is a situation where there's some shysters that are selling domains that are saying, hey, I'm going to help your search engine ranking if you buy for 10 years, 
you're going to do better in the search engines. So it's obviously blown up into a big uh, conversation, and there's some good points made. I think most of the points in the thread are, are, are pretty good. Um, you know, most people seem to disagree with it. I mean, there are the, uh, the you know, the tinfoils out there that, <laughs> that feel that if it is in the, uh, in the patent, you know, then it could be used. And, and you certainly can't discount that idea. I mean, who knows, maybe in the long run, once Google is, is really selling uh, a lot of domain names, then, <laughs> then it will help. But, uh, um, you know, I kind of agree with uh, the majority of the people saying that it's probably just kind of been blown out of proportion. I, I don't see how that could really uh, indicate um, a better quality site simply because they're registered for 10 years versus uh, one that has tons better content and linking and it's only registered one year. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Okay. And Ben, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, this is a topic I've looked at a lot and something I kind of find pretty interesting. Um, I, I agree with Chris in that in that regard. Um, I don't think if you're going to register for 10 years, I honestly, truly don't think this will help your rankings in any way whatsoever. Um, you know, going back to the patent application, I remember when that came out, and I had a thought. I was like, there's really no way for us to falsify age. So by trying to register for 10 years, you're basically trying to say, okay, well, I've added all this time in the future, you know, to Google, does that look like it's a longer period of time? Not really. I don't think that, you know, they might have looked at this, but in my theory, when it came down to it, you know, it was too hard to manipulate. It was too easy to manipulate. And, you know, the true measure was how long a domain's actually been registered and for how long it's had a site on it. Um, you know, to the credit of some of these people, um, that, you know, say to register a domain for longer. I think it is beneficial, you know, maybe for your business, but not for your search engine rankings. You know, it's a great way to lock up a domain for a good amount of time and to, you know, communicate to others that you're pretty serious about it. I know when I, you know, do who is searches and such like that, and I come across domains that, you know, people have registered for eight, nine years or whatnot, you know, I pretty much leave them alone because I know they're either not going to sell it or, you know, they're into this domain for the long term. Um, okay. And, you know, it saves money, too, I guess, if, if you were to do that. But, you know, back to what Chris said, yeah, definitely. I don't think in any way this is going to contribute to your rankings. And a lot of people, you know, have looked at the who has and say, okay, well, what, you know, could Google possibly look at? And, you know, there's some SEOs that will go out and say, okay, well, maybe it's the DNS changes. You know, that's maybe one thing that Google will look at. And if you change it, then it could penalize your rankings. Or, you know, what about the status or such? And then maybe there's the age part of it. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they're looking at it, and I wouldn't put a lot of credence into this theory. Cool. Um, all right, so I'm thinking we should probably go into commercial break, one quick commercial, and then we'll jump into the final topics of the day. So let's hit a commercial, and we'll get into the stuff soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. 
Now, back to The Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. Um, we're at the end of the show. We have about 10 more minutes left, and we're going to go run through the final topics of the day. Um, the next topic I want to discuss was that Yahoo released uh, a great feature to the Yahoo Publisher Network tool, which talks about a lot of what we've been talking about is the communication aspect. So, for example, a lot of people in the forums complain, you know, my site was banned from YPN or my site I uh, was, you know, I'm no longer part of the Google AdSense publisher program because I don't know why they said I, you know, uh, I had bad, you know, clicks or I had, you know, some problem with my site and they didn't tell me why. Yahoo released something called Compliance Manager, which will come up in your YPN portal if you go ahead and go against some of the terms of service. It'll actually tell you, you know, what you've done wrong. Um, obviously, if it wasn't egregious or anything really bad, it would actually show, hey, this page, this specific page on your site has a DMCA violation or these, the ads are, are being you know, displayed in the wrong way. And they'll tell you, you, know, you have to fix this within three days. If you don't fix it, we're going to go ahead and take the ads down. And obviously, um, that's a great thing. So now you have three days to fix it. What happens if you're on vacation and you don't get the email, you don't get the notification? What you could do is obviously log in later. You'll see that you're, you've been you know, taken out of the YPN network. But you'll see how you get what the problems are. You could fix them and then go ahead and submit and say, "Hey, I want to be back in the in the actual thing. I fixed the problem. I was away on vacation, and they'll get you back in soon." I mean, I spoke with them about this, and this was pretty cool. I mean, those. I mean, I like I like these types of tools, and I wanted to just you know get some. You know, Chris, what do you think about these types of tools? Um, uh, I'm sorry, I was reading the chat room. <laughs> what oh, are we talking okay. about? <laughs> All right, no problem. So basically, it's just more. Tr- you know, we'll skip that. It's just something. Uh, I know you're not big into YPN. Probably, uh, I'm the only one who's involved very much on this call about the YPN. Let's move All on right. to the next thing. Um, a way to find out if you're banned from Google or other search engines. What's the best way to find out if you're banned? So, Create a State Forum uh, thread has a lot of discussion on that, and. And the best way, I mean, according to the thread, is to do a site command. See, you know, if you're included in index by doing a site command, basically site colon www.domain.com. And if no pages are found, you can assume something is terribly wrong. Obviously, if you have a Google Sitemaps include um, login, you can log in there, and they'll actually tell you if you're out of the index or not very clearly. And if not, then you can just use a site command. You guys, um, Chris, do you have any other suggestions on how to know if you're banned or not? Well, I mean, the obvious basic ones is to search your URL in the search box. I mean, that's the simplest one. Uh, wouldn't I mean? Is there anything beyond that? No. I mean, Other than I mean, using the uh, this, the you know Google Webmaster Tools system, I mean, that's the simplest, easiest way. Uh, you know, if if you search, uh, I mean, I know that the company I used to work for had a had a tool site called InstantPosition.com, and if you search in Instant Position or InstantPosition.com or whatever, I mean, it's definitely been banned. So um, it, it's pretty easy to tell. Um, cool. And Ben, do you have any other thoughts on that? Or yeah, um, this this particular type of searches you mentioned, uh, Barry, on there are pretty good and reliable for detecting penalties. Um, I also do a lot of brand searches too for detecting penalties. It seems that like most sites, you know, like if you searched on SE Roundtable. Um, in Google, it's going to rank number one. But if, if if your particular unique brand is not ranking for your website, then that's an indication of something going on. So, 
So um, I, I like brand searches, even though not as reliable as, say, like a site search, so to say. Um, that was more maybe looking for penalties. I mean, if you're banned, if you're not completely in an index, you're not going to get a site um, search return for that. But, um, you know, there's ways to do it, um, a variety of different things. But those are, I think, the ones you listed are most reliable. Chris, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, just a quick thing. I mean, obviously the ban thing is really easy to tell, whereas the penalties thing is a lot harder to tell. I mean, there's all kinds of things. that A lot of people use the cash. Uh, Mayor Phil just mentioned that on that. On, and uh, that's, that, the cash can often explain a lot of things to you as well. So, Cool. Uh, but all right. And if you're ahead. not banned and you want to get your, uh, your site banned or somebody else's site banned, in Microsoft, there was a way, I don't know if it's still working, but a rumored way on how to actually get your a site delisted from MSN Search's live.com, you know, Windows Live Search. Um, basically, the method was to check if your competitor's homepage has a 200 status code, then create hundreds of URLs to the domain name .com slash index.html, question mark test equals test, or, and keep adding, like, question mark equals test equals test 1, test 3, test 4, test 1,000, and keep going ahead and, you know, submit those to Microsoft by either putting links to them and also make sure those, that those pages return a 200 status code. And then supposedly, I'm not sure if it's true, but supposedly um, Microsoft would go ahead and actually delist that site, the domain.com, from the index. I don't know if it works because you would have heard about it a lot more unless they fixed it right away. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Chris or Chris, have you seen anything on that? It's just another one of these things where you know MSN Live is still a fairly new system, so there's these kind of tricks that you can use. So uh, enjoy them while they last. Uh, unfortunately, it uh, provides a bad experience for people that are using MSN to search, in my, in my opinion, and uh, it's it's kind of sad. Okay, and Ben. Yeah, um, I actually seen this over a year ago, so this is not exactly super new. Um, it's been circulating around for a while. It just hasn't necessarily, I don't think, gotten out yet. And where this original post, you know, came from was on this guy's blog. Um, and, you know, the cool thing was that he actually offered a fix for it. You know, if this was happening to you, this is how you would fix it. You know, convert your HTML pages to PHP or vice versa and so on. Um, there's more complicated ways to do this, too, such as... Um, you know, manipulating these variables, including links, and also changing headers and then logos and all sorts of stuff to do it. So there are a lot of more advanced ways to do it, and um, you know, that could potentially get your competitors in trouble if you wanted to go to this link. But you know, there's also lots and lots of links that you're going to have to put up um, in order to you know get these people banned. So um, I don't know if some of these people have tried it. I've heard it has been effective, but I have never tried it myself, and I don't know about right now. Um, but this has been around for a while. Cool. All right, now it's time for lightning round. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the next, I think, 15 topics I wanted to get in. And I'll talk about them quickly, and I guess the rest will just fly by. All right. Next one is Google has been displaying really long snippets. I posted a URL. I'm going to post the URLs in the chat room if you want to take a look at that. comes up very randomly. Mac cuts and Google have no idea how that's happening, and it's very hard to reproduce. I have a screenshot of it. Take a look. Next is search engine optimizers request site credit links, you know, you know, SEO by, designed by, on their client sites. So that's another very hotly debated topic that just came up this morning or yesterday. So take a look at that. It's really something that we probably should have had time to talk about, but we didn't. So more discussion on that later. Um, Google has 
AdWords is to testing out a new feature called Account Snapshot. Pretty cool. I have a screenshot over there at the blog. Um, Yahoo is creating some buzz over, you know, cutting, doing cutbacks, like 20% cutbacks. Um, they're not really doing it, but who knows if they will or not. And they describe it as peanut butter, which is kind of funny. Next thing is Yahoo Answers. They have um, integrated more into the search results. So if you do a search on vacation ideas in Yahoo Search, you'll see the bottom shared by shared by Yahoo's um, Yahoo is sharing ideas and answers. Next thing is there was a lot of recent posts about the Yahoo Panama system. Take a look at that. I posted the URL in the chat room. Um, there's a whole thing about Yahoo going ahead and diagnosing um, illnesses better than doctors. Um, YPN execs are leaving Yahoo. Two of them left. Should cloaking be allowed for religious reasons? Uh, Gmail added some new features recently. MSN dude, where has he been? We don't know. Um, <laughs> supposedly he got a job or something, uh, another job uh, higher up in MSN. Google AdWords login issues are still an issue as of yesterday for past week or so, so that's important. Um, Yahoo Search Marketing, the Panama version, is limiting you to 20 campaigns per account. Yeah, Google AdWords limits you to about 25. Um, I don't think it was, there was a limit on the Overture product, but I think there is a limit now on the Panama product. Finally, Yahoo is testing graphic mobile ads, graphical mobile ads. So if you see it, you, you're one of the few to actually see that test. It is being tested out here in the U.S. That pretty much covers the whole entire ninth edition of the Search Pulse. I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon after the show is archived at the Search Engine Roundtable. That's seroundtable.com. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at barryrustybrick.com or comment in tomorrow's post. Again, that's the ninth edition of the Search Pulse. It took place Tuesday, November 21st. Everyone, have a great night, and thank you, Ben and Chris.